2015 was, in many ways, a, a dark year. Um, I had a sense of that throughout the, the latter part of November and, and early December, and I wasn't sure. Uh, you, you know how it is. Sometimes in life we feel more cheerful than, than others. Uh, so I wasn't sure if I, I was right to be sensing it this way. Just when I thought I was maybe imagining it myself, I, I was reassured uh, when the Queen referenced this darkness in her speech on Christmas Day, it, it just gave me a sense that maybe, maybe I'm not alone in, in sensing darkness in these times. But with her words, if you heard that speech, you'll know she, she reminded all of us and, and she reminded me of something that I needed reminding of. And that is that with the birth of Jesus, a light shines in the darkness and the darkness hasn't overcome it. After a year of so much darkness, I can't help but wonder what difference this Christmas season that we've just been through, uh, this season and, and the message at the heart of it, what difference they could possibly make. What hope can we have as, as we turn now into 2016? Well, to help us think about that, I want to stay just, just a little bit longer with the birth narratives from Luke's gospel, because we find there four words, four words that are fitting in a time like this. They're words, if they were, if they were spoken in isolation, that, that feel vacuous, without meaning, that sound foolish and maybe even distasteful because of all the pain and the darkness that surrounds us. But, but they're not spoken in isolation. They're, they're not vacuous. Because these fourth wor- four words were spoken at the birth of a, of a baby, of Jesus Christ. And that context changes everything. The four words are spoken four times in four settings to four different characters. We've already met three of the characters. We've met Zechariah. We've met Mary. Uh, we've met the band of shepherds. I'll treat them as a character. And the other character we haven't met in these last few weeks because he isn't mentioned in Luke's gospel. It's Joseph, the carpenter of Nazareth. He heard these same four words. Four separate stories intrinsically woven. Four stories pan out, all four chosen, for a particular reason, to show us a subtle message this festive old season. We start with a guy called Zach. He's a priest, not the biggest casted nativity character to say the least, but he is there. You see, him and his wife Liz are righteous and fair, totally content in life except for one thing. You see, Liz and Zach, they couldn't have offspring. And at this point in the story, well, the thought of conception with the body clock against them, it was just out of the question. Now, Zach's in the temple and this angel makes an entrance just to the right of the burning incense. The angel says to Zach, don't be afraid. Your father in heavens, you had the prayer that you prayed. Start kitting out the spare room and make it a nursery. Get carved in the cradle because you're having a baby. For what's on earth in Jesus' birth holds for all eternal worth. Next, 
A short after role in the nativity is Liz's cousin and her name's Mary. She receives an unexpected angelic meeting and receives an unexpected angelic greeting. Angel Gabriel shows up and catches her off guard. Don't be afraid, says the angel. Don't be alarmed. So bowled over by God's message through the angelic visit, Mary learns she'll give birth to God's son through the spirit. For what's on earth in Jesus' birth holds for all eternal worth. With his other half pregnant, George calling off the wedding. See, he thinks the love of his life has been in someone else's bed in, but he doesn't flip out, he doesn't cause a riot. He decides it's best to do the dumping on the quiet. But then a message in his dream would change the rest of his life. An angel says, don't be afraid of taking Mary as your wife. For what's on earth in Jesus' birth holds for all eternal worth. Next, the hilly turf, with a sheep and a shearer where a shepherd looks up and sees an angel appear. The shepherds, they're stunned from the shock, but they're still conscious. An angel tells them, it's all right, there's no need to get anxious. Don't be afraid, don't be scared. A king's born in the stable with hay as his bed. For what on earth in Jesus' birth holds for all eternal worth? And so in each of the stories, the same phrase laid, a message from God, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid easy to say, not always easy to be, when we're surrounded by pain on hashtag or TV. And it's not easy in a world where brokenness has thrived. But the truth is, love came to town when a certain baby arrived. Don't be afraid is the softly spoken sentence behind the scenes of the nativity. Don't be afraid, for the birth of God's son can break the chains of captivity. He came to restore a relationship that in Eden was once free. But his arrival is good news which speaks. Do not be afraid. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that uh, format we've just watched, spoken word. I'm sure you probably weren't able to make out every word uh, because of the uh, speed at which it's delivered, but also the the Welsh accent. Um, We're not used to those in Belfast. Um, We'll maybe send a a link to that um, with our, our weekly email this week, give you a chance to watch it again. This, um, this piece here, when I first saw it, I, I realized just how much it, it brought life to what we have been learning here these last few weeks. It, it looked again in a fresh way at the stories that we have been looking at. It traced a beautiful theme and it re-delivered it all to us in a very fresh way. The spoken word that speaks truth, four words to four characters. Zechariah, you're clinging on to your dreams by a fingernail. You've already given up your dream of a kid, and you're tempted now to give up hope that your father God will ever act for his kids again. You're hoping against hope. Zechariah, don't be afraid. Mary, 
God's asking you to do this scandalous, unprecedented, unconventional, unpopular thing. God's asking you to give up the possibility of ever being accepted or respected again. Mary, don't be afraid. Joseph, if you're a part of this, you'll be misunderstood for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life, they'll say that you were easy fooled. You were taken for a ride. They'll say you're crazy because you believed all this crazy stuff. Joseph, don't be afraid. Shepherds, you've been living on the underside of life struggling to find and keep work, struggling for a scrap of dignity, struggling to find your way in a world that's stacked up always for the rich, the strong, and the powerful. Shepherds, you heard the angel. You heard his message. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. At the birth of Jesus, four characters all heard the same four words. Do not be afraid. It's well known, um, well, at least I've known it for some time, and maybe you have too, that the Bible talks often about do not be afraid. I grew up, I'd heard this thing, um, it's kind of a, a Bible myth, I think. It said that there were 365 do not be afraids in the Bible, one for each day of the year. Anybody else ever heard that? Yeah? A few people? Um, it's not true. There are around about 145. So there's not one for each day of the year. But there's two and nearly three for each week. That's not bad. Many, many times and in many different ways to many different people, the Lord comes to us and he says, do not be afraid. Comes to Abraham, the guy living in Ur of the Chaldeans. Says to Abraham, Abraham, I want you to go somewhere, but I'm not telling you where. Just go. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. God's people, when they're entering the promised land, you know, you know the Jericho story from, from Sunday Club, they, they're terrified. They look at all these, these fierce inhabitants. They know that, that God is sending them to try and take the land. They, they just don't know if they can do it. And again, this command comes to them. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He won't leave you nor forsake you. The wee passage uh, we read a moment ago from Isaiah 43 is probably one of my favorite renditions of the do not be afraid command in the whole of the Bible. When God comes to his people, they have failed him repeatedly. They've failed him for generations and for centuries. They have every reason to fear that he is, is finally going to reject them and, and walk out on them. 
But through Isaiah, his prophet, he comes and he says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. When Jesus came, we've already seen that, that how prevalent this command was at, at the time of his birth. Do not fear. Do not fear. God just wanting to reassure his people that at this moment when he was breaking into the world, it was something they, they need not be afraid of. During his earthly ministry, Jesus just kept this refrain going as he engaged with people. Do not be afraid, Simon. From now on, you'll fish for people. And I'll teach you how to do it. Do not be afraid, Jairus. Just believe, and your daughter will be healed. And I'll do the healing. Jesus didn't want us to be afraid. Instead, he wanted us to trust him. Do not be afraid. Trust me. The cross must have been, I think, the moment when the, the sense of despair and of fear would have reached its, its peak for his disciples. I think it's the culmination of all their fears in relation to Jesus. Think about it. For three years, they'd, they'd followed him. And now in, in these hours, in this instant, in these days, they're confronted with the, the fear, well, we've just been taken for a ride. The whole thing, it, it, just, it was just a mistake. We were stupid. But they're fearing too for their lives because they see the one whom they love uh, crucified, nailed to a cross, and they're wondering if they'll be next. They're full of fear. They're hiding away in rooms in Jerusalem. But even then, this, this beautiful command, it doesn't stop. First Easter Sunday, the angel says to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. And moments later, the risen Jesus spoke himself these four words to the women. And he said, Do not be afraid. Go to Galilee. And tell my brothers, I'll see them there. What are you afraid of? As you turn into 2016. That you won't live up to the expectations that people have on you. That you won't live up to the expectations you have on yourself. We enter 2016 with a Savior who's taken all our sin and our condemnation, everything that goes with it, and he says to us, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. What then is there to be afraid of? People may judge us and condemn us. We'll judge ourselves. But Jesus doesn't. He comes and he says, do not 
be a friend. What are you afraid of in 2016? Is it of, of what life itself might throw at you by way of circumstances? Failing health? The death of a loved one? Maybe your own death in the not too distant future? We enter 2016 with a master who has stared death in the face, who's come through hell who's emerged triumphant from the grave. Oh, death, where is your sting? He teaches us to cry. What then is there to be afraid of? Life can throw its worst at us, and death will will come one day. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. Whenever Paul is encouraging the believers in Rome not to fear but to trust God, he points them to the cross of Jesus and he just makes a very simple connection. He says, He who didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not now also along with him graciously give us all things? In a sense, he's making a really obvious connection. Paul's saying that if God loves us enough to give his own son for us, can't we trust him then to look after us in everything? Won't he give us what we need? Paul's inviting us to look to the cross of Jesus to see that God is for us. And if he's for us, then then nobody can be against us. We enter 2016 with God's message ringing in our ears. Do not be afraid.